Have you ever wondered about functional medicine and how it could help clients with their mental health? Or are you curious about the impact of nutrition on mental health? In today's episode, our expert guests will guide us through the captivating landscape of functional medicine, a holistic approach that dives deep into the root causes of mental health issues. Discover how nutrition becomes the key to not only nurturing our physical health, but also cultivating mental resilience. Tune in for an eye-opening exploration that will revolutionize your understanding of the mind-body connection on today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. This is Holistic Counseling, the podcast for mental health therapists who want to deepen their knowledge of holistic modalities and build their practice with confidence. I'm your host, Chris McDonald, licensed therapist. I am so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I am recording. It is January 2024. Can't believe it. It feels so weird to say. Right now, I'm awaiting the final book cover for my workbook, which is a companion guide for my first book, Self-Care for the Counselor. So this is so exciting. It's coming out in a couple of days, and I'm a little nervous, but excited, excited for you to check it out. So I have so much in there, so much bonus content, journal writing exercises, as well as QR codes, which links to meditation, self-massage, and yoga. It is all-inclusive and such easy-to-use strategies you can use that are really practical so that you can easily integrate into your life. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be out soon when this episode is probably out. But bringing us back to today in this episode, our guest, Amanda Larson, who is a licensed psychologist, will guide us through the fascinating landscape of functional medicine, a holistic approach that addresses the root cause of mental health issues rather than merely treating symptoms. We'll unravel the ways in which nutrition plays a pivotal role in nurturing not just our physical health, but also our mental resilience. She is also owner of the Holistic Counseling Center. She has specialized training and certification in DBT, EMDR, mindfulness, trauma, integrative medicine for mental health and nutrition and mood. In the last couple of years, she's integrated Eastern and Western approaches to mental health and wellness. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, Amanda. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So tell me more about your journey and what got you where you are today. So it actually starts with my health journey. I actually struggled with hypothyroidism for about 12 years now, but it really wasn't until I'd say 2013 to 2014 after I had graduated graduate school that I started to notice more issues around my energy levels, my mood, fertility, as we were starting to plan for a family to, at that point in time, about a year later, was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, other hormonal imbalances. And that's when it really started my journey digging deeper. I felt like with some conventional or allopathic approaches to health or wellness that I felt very stuck and that I wasn't finding answers to what was going on in my body. At that point in time, 
And I think other people can kind of empathize. You sometimes wonder how much of it is psychological or just that you're creating all of these symptoms because you're not getting these answers from doctors to really improve your health. And so it's got to be frustrating too. Very frustrating. And I think with even our own clients, you know, maybe whether it's complex trauma or their health struggles that tend to correlate with each other, <laughs> chronic health conditions, that they often feel very stuck. Or start to question, you know, maybe it is in my head and I'm just kind of manifesting some of these symptoms. This is where I started to go more deep dive into functional medicine, which really does focus on root causes to a lot of health issues. And this really was the driver of rebranding my practice, the Holistic Counseling Center, to really start to encompass that mind-body-spirit because even in my treatment with clients, I felt like I was hitting a wall <laughs> with talk therapy too. And so it kind of just came together with really knowing with my own experiences and literature and clinical practice that there's more to mental health or health overall that is driving people's struggles with mood instability, depression, anxiety, and just the interconnected aspects of the mind and body. How did it help you to use functional medicine? That's a very good question. So it really um, caused me to look at my own lifestyle and really look at my own history with complex trauma and how the stress response, the nervous system dysregulation impacts the body as well as nutrition, movement, sleep, the quality of nutrients in my food, et cetera, was impacting my health and mental health at the time. So you said functional medicine is, looks at more of the root cause? Yeah. How do you integrate that with mental health practice and with clients? Yeah. So I have over time taken more trainings with nutritional psychiatry or integrative medicine and mental health. So, you know, obviously we have limitations in the way we can practice this, but a lot of it's psychoeducational or encouraging clients to, you know, create some of these habits at their own pace. And I do work a lot with practitioners outside of my practice, like functional medicine doctors or functional dietitians to collaborate because they can do more extensive lab work. And obviously I can, you know, whether we're looking at nutrient deficiencies or we're looking at imbalances in someone's hormones or their gut health or even heavy metals or toxins and how that inflammation in the body impacts brain health. And so they're able to dive deeper into that and recommend individualized supplements or protocols to help them. So you're almost like a bridge between that too, isn't it? Yeah, to some degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Because I know we can't prescribe like supplements or those kind of things. That's what I wondered, like, how does this work? This is very interesting to think about how you can collaborate with them. Yeah, so even nutritionally, I can make kind of generalizations, you know, with what would help based on literature, you know, balance plates and those sorts of things or educating clients and how, you know, adding certain foods can improve their cognitive function or mood stability, etc. We also offer walk and talk therapy as an option to, you know, get in more movement and how movement can be very helpful as well as we offer yoga therapy too. But yeah, when we get down to the nitty gritty, we're really looking at the individual at the root, more in depth, <laughs> that would have to go to a medical protect, you know, practitioner that specializes more in that area. 
Yeah, I can see that. So in your experience, have you discovered causes of anxiety? Is there more functional medicine things that you've noticed? Yeah, I mean... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you mentioned trauma in the sympathetic. Yeah, so, you know, and I think your work too, that just regulated nervous system and looking at how complex trauma impacts our stress response and anxiety. And so that's a piece. And then gut imbalances. Some of my clients or just based on the research, you know, SIBO can be a big factor, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, uh, gut dysbiosis, where you have higher amount of bad bacteria in the gut versus good bacteria. A big one that a lot of Americans actually struggle with is intestinal permeability or leaky gut, where the immune system and other toxins get into your bloodstream and start to create more inflammation, which is correlated with autoimmune conditions. Nutrient deficiencies, so like being low in vitamin D, which a majority of people know about with depression, anxiety. Bs, vitamin Bs are very important when we talk about creating neurotransmitters, mood and energy. So that's usually a big one that I encourage clients to look into. Low iron, blood sugar is a big one too. Um, If we're eating infrequently um, or we're not eating enough, that we can have dips in blood sugar, which increases cortisol as well. Other hormonal issues such as like thyroid can be a big one. Hypothyroidism or even hyperthyroid would be more like restlessness or keyed up. You know, versus hypo, you might have more mood instability, depression, lethargic. I'd probably say those are kind of the big ones. And and it sounds like a crossover to a lot of potential causes of depression too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of overlap. And this is what kind of just intrigues me. And I think it's just sometimes we play whack-a-mole with all these different things. Don't you feel like a detective? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or encouraging clients to go get some of these tested because, you know, I mean, I think it's becoming, we're becoming more well-versed in these areas, but just kind of doing a rule out because we could be providing these skills that are very helpful, right? Or doing, you know, more in-depth trauma work and, you know, someone could have undiagnosed thyroid disorder, which isn't actually quite uncommon with those, right, with struggling with trauma. Oh, yeah, I was thinking of like estrogen or sex hormone issues too can be a big one. Because I am seeing a huge uptick in like young women or teens having irregular menstrual cycles. So, I mean, I think there's a number of factors, whether it's stress or quality of nutrients from our food that are impacting these things as well. Yeah, and I think that you bring up a good point is the age of the client, because I have some that are menopause age, and that can be a big change of life and a lot of changes with hormones that can cause depression and and other things like irritability. And so we have to look at all these factors. We can't just overlook that. Yeah, so that one's not uncommon. Obviously, estrogen, progesterone, or testosterone really starts to tank right around 35 and after for a lot of women before they even get to menopause. Oh, is it 35? Wow, I didn't know. Yeah, (laughs) because I actually just revisiting to get my stuff like looked at again. And then the doctor that did it, she was like, "Uh, yeah, about 35. We're starting to look at testosterone and all these hormones as we your body starts to prepare years in advance. I was like, oh, okay. Limited time. <laughs> I know, exactly. 
So the clients that you see, do you have them all like do different kinds of tests or is it just certain clients? I mean, I think it just depends. Like you said, we play in, I play in, in being investigative. Yeah, I think it just depends. I usually do like a little medical history, like family history. If there's anything on the radar, I do ask about what nutrition looks like or daily movement and those sorts of things to get an idea. Generally, if my clients are presenting with depression, anxiety, and they haven't, because it's not common practice, especially my teenagers, to look at these sorts of issues, even if they are like reporting chronic fatigue or depression, anxiety, or mood instability, or regular menstrual cycles, it passes as it's normal, even though like it might be common, I should say but it's not normal for those things to be occurring for young women or teens. And so this is where I encourage them to follow up with a medical provider to look into any nutrient deficiencies or other hormones, specifically like a thyroid issue to do more. And even then it's kind of limited with like a pediatrician or a primary doctor for them to look way more in depth. And that's not necessarily the provider as much as sometimes it's managed care. Yeah, because I know I talk to my young adults a lot about getting a physical because they look at me like, what? I'm healthy. <laughs> Everybody needs a physical. But I, is there certain tests? Like I know you said that um, like vitamin D might be one that they had. They have to request that because that isn't a, a regular test that they do, right? No, generally work. they'll do kind of a metabolic panel looking at your lipids and blood count and those sorts of things. It's not general practice for you to go in and get like a thyroid panel or, you know, I think maybe more doctors are better at it here in Michigan, but like a vitamin D panel as well. Iron or ferritin. So ferritin's your iron stores over the last few months. And then I encourage like a fasting glucose as well. Our hemoglobin A1C also gives you an idea of what your blood sugar levels are looking like. Insulin but that one sometimes is hard to cover, but that would also give us an indication with like diabetes or insulin resistance, that impact mood. I've seen that. I can't tell you how many times over the years with people who have gotten blood work and they're like, oh, I have a thyroid issue and that could be causing depression or, oh, yes, I, I don't have enough vitamin D. So now then their mood gets more. Elevated. It's like no amount of counseling can undo <laughs> undo that if they don't get the help no. right medically. <laughs> Yeah. No, unfortunately. But too, if it's deficient, it's like night and day, like you said. It is. Yeah. This is why it's so important, I think, to look holistically, to really look at all the different factors. And I love how you start with the intake form, too. And Yeah. And then, too, you know, sometimes they forget on an intake form. But like in conversation, when you're getting to know your client, sometimes those things can kind of come up. You know, so generally I encourage someone to get a full thyroid panel, which isn't just the TSH, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone that is actually produced by your pituitary gland to tell you that your thyroid, it needs to pick up production or slow it down. Um, This can be really impacted, too, with stress because this is responsible for metabolism and regulating your mood and energy and body temp and all of that. So if we're under a lot of chronic stress, which is an uncommon, right, with our clients that struggle with complex trauma or dysregulated nervous system, that that definitely can be a big factor. But back to the thyroid panel, TSH, and then free T4, free T3, and antibodies are a full panel. 
Some would even say reverse T3. But the reason it's so important to even look at free T3, which practitioners might push back a little bit on, is because it is responsible for your mood and energy. That's like the powerhouse of everything. So your body actually has to convert T4 to T3 for us to use it in our body. And that's so important with depression, too. I see so many clients that come to me, too, with fatigue and they have no energy. And and it's so hard to, you know, we can try all these different things with yoga, meditation, and all those holistic things. But if there's something medical, there's only so much we can do. So that's good to know that that could be something to investigate. Yeah. And like you, you know, I mentioned before, the iron, the glucose, all of those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you go to a functional medicine doctor, they'll actually go way more in depth about like how, what is outside your cell and what your body as intracell or, you know, within the cells, like what your body is utilizing for vitamins and minerals, you know, versus an allopathic or conventional model, like if you were, like I said, go to your family doctor or a pediatrician, they're going to be a little more limited in their capabilities of diving deeper into what's going on. Building and managing the practice you want can be challenging. That's why Alma offers administrative tools, time-saving resources, and an easy way to navigate insurance. So whether you're just starting out or have been working independently for years, you can get the support you need to build your private practice. Create a profile in Alma's searchable directory and share what makes you unique, like your specialties and areas of expertise. People who are looking for care can filter by these details so that they're not finding any therapist, they're finding you. Alma will also help you get credentialed with major insurance payers within 45 days and handle all of the paperwork, from eligibility checks to claim submissions. That means you can spend less time on the details and more time delivering great care. Plus, they guarantee payment within two weeks of every appointment. You support your clients. Alma supports you. Visit HelloAlma.com to learn more. That's HelloAlma.com. I have a, a weird question, but I've had this come up several times with clients. A lot of clients that eat a lot of junk food and soda. So, <laughs> and of course, they have some different mental health concerns. So, how do you address that with clients? I'm always like, I'm like, hmm, how do I approach this without defensiveness? Because I ask that, yeah, I'm very clear on my assessment forms, but then I'm always kind of like, well, how much water are you drinking? Yeah. Well, because I think, too, when we talk about nutrition, there's like this personalized piece that people could perceive like an attack. But you're right. When we look at the standard American diet, it is like ultra processed foods and sugars. They taste really good. What I focus on with clients is, well, one, if they don't even want to make those changes, okay, then we're going to radically and there accept. we are. There we are. If there is willingness and interest around like understanding how nutrition impacts body, how I really approach it is adding. Psychologically, when we add foods, like for example, protein is a big macronutrient that a lot of people under eat, especially women, but it's so important for building in the body. And so, you know, if they are open to it, I, rather than taking away the sugar and the pop or soda pop or whatever we want to call it in different whatever, states. Whatever part yeah. of the United States <laughs> or country, right? Yeah, that when we have resistance, then people are less likely to want or like, you know, follow through with it versus if I'm adding 
there's more empowerment, there's more control, um, or I don't want that. It's another way I reframe things because of how it makes me feel. You know, if you can tie in the importance and the meaning too is very important with change. But yeah, baby steps and then adding. Um, adding. So okay. adding. Mm-hmm. Or alternatives are really helpful too. That's true too. Mm-hmm. So, so like, you, for, yeah, go yeah. ahead. So I was sorry. just going to say, do you um, <laughs> ask clients too about like their, what are they eating? Because sometimes I get a lot of information just asking, like, tell me about a day for you. Because just, just so I know, because I have a lot of people that fast all day and they just don't eat, period. <laughs> yep. That's a thing too. Intermittent that's a fasting. Thing. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I do ask in my regular daily assessment with clients, because I do work with clients too that are sometimes chronically suicidal or engage in self-injury. So naturally I'll ask about safety. Um, And then I'll lead into like, what does your sleep look like? What did you have today to eat? Because I do have some clients that struggle with disordered eating where there are patterns of restriction or binging and purging. So I do ask about like quality time of day when they're eating. So too, if they're reporting anxiety or depression, I want to know like, are there gaps in the eating that might be causing blood sugar to go down and cortisol to go up because sometimes people can have panic attack or excessive amounts of anxiety when that happens. And then obviously exercise and hydration, all the things. Yes, so important. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, there there is so many factors and I think that that's why it's important to be holistic. (laughs) I know, yeah. I don't know how you can be. I believe in that and just I think all the years of doing like CBT, DBT work, you start to like there are clients that are necessarily responding to those modalities. And then, you know, you think about more research around trauma and the body and using somatic approaches too to that. That's the best result. Yeah, I think to integrate all that. And so what kind of clients do you see then who benefits best from your practice? Uh, a majority of people that we see are adolescents and adults. So we kind of, you know, go up to people that are in their 50s, 60s. It's kind of the what we attract. But most of it is teens and young adults. We are trauma-formed practice. So a lot of individuals are coming in specifically seeking like EMDR treatment or somatic practices to healing the body. There are a few people that are attracted to the nutritional side of things or more integrative too. But most of these teens and adults are struggling with depression and anxiety, complex trauma, PTSD, sometimes personality traits. So I do work a lot with borderline personality disorder. Those are primarily the diagnoses that we see here. Oh, is that anxiety, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was go on the laundry list here. <laughs> That's funny. So what are some misperceptions of functional medicine? I guess, do you get pushback from people? You know, I think even probably just the holistic aspect of things too overall is kind of woo-woo, right? I'm sure. You've we embrace that. the woo on the holistic counseling podcast. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> you know, because people are skeptical. But yeah, I really exactly. think, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about functional medicine, it's like even in the medical field, they're very behind what the research versus clinical practice. You know, there are a number of years behind where we are with, you know, what can be very helpful for people. So with that said, yeah, I think most of the time people are skeptical when I talk about root causes of things. But I think once somebody is struggling 
with a lot of health issues, which is an uncommon when we have people struggling with PTSD or complex PTSD, that they start to question the system because what happens is they're trying to communicate. And I think we even run in this when we're treating trauma (laughs) um, and they feel very helpless or powerless because they're not feeling heard and seen. And so that's where generally a lot of my clients start to kind of be open world the mind to the functional piece. But other people, I think, kind of question the model because of the science piece. But there's a ton of research backing efficacy of functional medicine. And I think the shift that we're seeing even in America for people wanting a different modality of treatment, whether it's in our field or even in the medical field, to get more answers and to actually have health and wellness. And I'm going to say it, not sick care. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Drop that mic on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, because I think the way that the system is currently set up and the frustration is they're bound by here's symptomology. What we know what to do is medication and procedure. And if we don't fit in those categories, right, if I can't write you a script or I can't send you off to get this procedure done, then you're okay. You're fine. Oh, my gosh. But you don't I know. feel fine. It makes me crazy. Yeah, I have a lot of back problems and traditional medicine has failed me with chronic pain. And, you know, I had some hip bursitis recently and, and I had to do my own investigation. We have to be our own advocate for care, right? Found some exercises from this physiotherapist. They call that physical therapist in UK and, you know, was doing these exercises and it's about gone. But I mean, I went to the regular doctor and they're like, well, maybe we'll give you a shot. They're just like, I don't know. There's not much we can do. Why don't you just tell me how to do this? Because I've had this like four other times. (laughs) It's like so frustrating when there's things that are out there, right? To look at the whole body in different ways to to manage different things. Yeah, that's just yeah. personal that's really experience. frustrating. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I'm, too. Mm-hmm. absolutely. And this was a total, like I've gone to different physical therapists, but this one had different exercises that made a lot of sense that really didn't aggravate it. Because sometimes physical therapy can aggravate things, um, not in a good way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think people that are attracted to the practice itself run into this and they're seeking more help Mm -hmm. because you get to a point of having to be that person that, and I'm a firm believer in educating yourself just because I think knowledge can provide a lot of empowerment for our clients. And so by the time they get here, they're like, I'm looking for EMDR and I'm looking for this piece. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was thinking, yeah, with more of the traditional medicine, I wish they could provide even just, can we just have some Reiki thrown in there? (laughs) You know, (laughs) why do I have to go someplace separate? And And there are some practitioners that are keeping up and trying to integrate some of these things. And I mean, can you imagine that would be such an amazing healing to have all these other integrative practices? Limbwick, yeah, I know. I know they're starting to. They are. They are starting to. We're doing more like panels around hormones or gut health. I've had some practitioners look into that a bit more. And, you know, not to like dog on allopathic or conventional, right? That there are times and places if there is an emergency or an acute issue of some sort, they're wonderful to go to. It's just they're not doing a very good job in regards to chronic mental health or chronic health conditions. And so this is where we need to look at the whole body 
because everything's interconnected. Do you have any success stories from clients that might have been hard to treat and that you were able to, or themes have come up? (laughs) Themes, yeah. I mean, I've worked with a lot of clients for a number of years, kind of on and off. And I think it's just been like steps. And so, you know, I do work a lot uh, with clients, a lot of complex struggles. And I think it's just kind of like, can we bring down the safety piece? Right. And once we have skills around managing emotions and building, you know, the, I guess I'll say tolerance or the resiliency piece, then we can maybe have more comfortability around adding lifestyle or getting to a point of doing more in-depth trauma work, whether it's EMDR, somatic experiencing, et cetera. But I do have clients that have a lot more stability and quality of life. I guess being able to have more boundaries and empowerment with finding these answers and realizing like I had health issues and I didn't know until (laughs) until I went and got more testing. And that was where interesting enough, you know, starting with, you know, recommending getting those things done. So yes, but keeping in mind, like whether I'm working with somebody struggling with BPD or complex PTSD, like that takes a long time, as you know, healing. And so with them, it's more step-by-step, I guess, playing crisis management and then lifestyle kind of at the ladder and prioritizing. But I have had some success stories in that regard and people feeling better with being able to add supplements or starting to make dietary changes or I guess EMDR treatment and these other modalities too all-encompassing. Yeah. But it takes time. Yeah. And I think it's, it is a multi-pronged approach. I think that really helps with healing. I don't know if you've noticed that too. It's usually not just, let's just do EMDR or brain spotting. Let's just do CBT. To me, it's, it takes a lot of different modalities, the combination of things and finding the, it's like finding that right key for the person, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like when they get to their place in this healing journey, are they willing or more receptive to that other transformative piece at that? You know what I mean? Like, so some of my clients who I've gone through EMDR with, or they've started to make these lifestyle changes, I'll recommend more spiritual aspects such as our Reiki healing or adding more breath work or the trauma-informed yoga piece. Yeah. So you're right. It kind of just depends on where they're at um, and how they need to receive the. So it sounds like you're um, you kind of tier- have like different tiers. Then you have to crisis first, you said, and <laughs> yeah, mentally in my mind, right? Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I think that's helpful. <laughs> you know, if someone's in crisis, they're not gonna. I mean, not that they can benefit from some of these things, but they might not be in a space to really hear it. So I think it just kind of depends where they're at. And you said they to be in the space of hearing and receiving it. So that that's really helpful, I think, for listeners who are a lot of mental health therapists out there. And a lot of them are excited to use holistic things. But just keeping that in mind, is this client in a space to receive it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very true. That's something to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even then, I take it back to the basics of like safety and attunement and that attachment piece that's so vital in the role that we play with their healing. Yeah. You got me thinking, Amanda. <laughs> it's like, hmm. But I wonder too, if, if clients, you're, you feel stuck, right? That you feel like you're not helping them. That if, if that could that be that, you know, that it's not the right time for them for certain things or. Or maybe even that transference piece, right? Like they true. feel stuck too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
another, and then you're picking up on that energy as well in session. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's times of stuckness, and this is where consultations very helpful. Sure, (laughs) or having a conversation with a client or what they're experiencing at that point in time too. Yeah, just that open transparency, I think, can make a difference with a client too. And talking about what's in the room, which is hard sometimes. (laughs) Very true. I'm a clinical (laughs) supervisor, so I get my supervisees kind of look like deer in headlights when I say that to really bring (laughs) stuff like that up. They're like, "Oh my god, I'm supposed to like." bring that up to the client. (laughs) But it's so helpful because a lot of, I mean, they're so, and you experienced this, they're so disconnected from their bodies, you know, that there's not an attunement of like what physical sensations and what am I noticing? And so when you start to point some of that out, yeah, there's some uncomfortability, of course, but it can be very helpful therapeutically. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that can, sometimes that can help you push through too, if you are feeling stuck and if you both are to see where you want to go with therapy. Or even, you know, I've done an expert in this particular area, but like, you know, the stuckness is there like a protective part that's coming up when we talk about parts work. Yeah. Yeah, for Um, sure. And being being able to explore that with clients and seeing that more as a strength and being more curious or investigative of how that's been helpful to them. So sometimes I'll use that. The model I got trained in with EMDR was a safe model. So we do incorporate more somatic and attachment. And so we really do try to create more like curiosity around resistance or blocking or stuckness and not really framing it as that. How has this been helpful to the client? Um, Or is there a part that's resistant? Yeah, there you go, right? Yeah, Yeah. I just had that with a client this week. (laughs) It was just so interesting. I've seen this person for a long time. We're talking about how long I've worked with her. And it was like, I didn't realize that she was really stuck in the adolescent part of herself. It was like a resistant part that would like not want to, I don't want to do that self-care. I don't want to do that exercise. And so we really worked through it this week. And I was like, it took me long enough to really recognize (laughs) it. A little slow. Yeah. And the more work we do around like a child self, right, or adolescent self that's coming up or an adult protective self, the more clients like will be able to identify and use most, you know, those parts. And I love parts work because the compassion piece or a reducing shame around. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's been really interesting. What would you recommend for a therapist who might want to learn more about using functional medicine or nutrition with clients? Very good question. I would say educate yourself and understanding some of the presenting symptoms that clients are coming in with that with our lens, right, or biases in our training, we might not necessarily be looking into these other factors that might be contributing to our clients' well-being. So not only educating yourself on some of the presenting symptoms with our clients, but Maybe if you're interested in more training, that is always helpful to or consultation or collaborating with other practitioners in the area, like have more training in that area or, you know, medical providers that um, could be helpful too, because it's nice to work together as a team. Yeah. And I, I had been going to, before the pandemic, a functional medicine. It was a consultation group, but it was functional doctors at this office, but there were therapists. It was like a whole integrative thing. But and of course, with the, you know, the pandemic happened and a lot of things changed. But if you have something like that in your area, you know, and just ask, because you never know what can be out there as far as that goes for consultation. So do you have a takeaway, something you could share to any therapist who might just be starting their holistic journey and maybe they're hesitant about integrating anything holistic? I feel like it always often comes down with like educating 
and consulting. I think even understanding boundaries within our own scope too. There's a lot of overlap um, in these areas and just getting the added support from these other practitioners or providers that could be helpful to you if you were interested in diving more in depth in these areas. For me, it was kind of my own journey and wanting more answers and then just kind of obsessively (laughs) educating myself. Yeah. And, and I'm always learning and I don't have all the answers and that is okay. And that's okay. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good star. I appreciate that with, with getting more information from other providers, I think could be a good, good start. Um, So what's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you? Um, Yeah, you can reach out to us through our email info at the Holistic Counseling Center, gr.com, as well as our social media account on Instagram, Holistic Counseling Center, GR. The GR is very important. (laughs) I'm so, I I just love the name of your practice. (laughs) Of course I do. Integrates well with the podcast. Right. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank Amanda. you. Hopefully today was helpful. I appreciate yeah, that. This was really you. fun. And thank you listeners for being here along this journey. Do you always put others' needs before your own? As counselors, we often prioritize the needs of others. But I have a book for you that is an invitation to turn that nurturing energy inward. Discover practical self-care rituals, ways to upgrade your daily transitions, and small gifts you can give yourself designed to replenish your energy and cultivate resilience. It's not just a book. It's a companion for those moments when you need a little gentle reminder to prioritize your own well-being. So treat yourself the gift of self-care. Go to hcpodcast.org forward slash self-care. That's hcpodcast.org forward slash self-care. And once again, this is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Till next time. Take care. Thanks for listening. The information in this podcast is for general educational purposes only, and it is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are giving legal, financial, counseling, or any other kind of professional advice. If you need a professional, please find the right one for you. The Holistic Counseling Podcast is proudly part of the SiteCraft Network. 